I wouldn't just be headed, I'd already be there. But I give God the glory, the honor, and the praise. I pray that the Lord might help us. I've uh, been uh, studying on some other stuff, and I was going to try some of it tonight. And the Lord didn't give me the liberty to do it. i got some more i got to put with it, so I guess that's what he's doing, letting me get it all together. But I pray tonight God might help us. I want to go back and work on what I've been working on. Not, probably tonight we'll skip it after tonight and come back to something else and come back to it later because... There's a lot of preaching out of this, what I started on, this word exhort. And uh, I appreciate Paul trying to give us some sermon topics. Amen. You read after Paul, he'll tell you what you ought to be preaching. That's what that exhort is. Amen. And I don't believe we're preaching all that that we're supposed to be preaching. We're missing too much of it. We're sliding over it and sliding it to the side. Not paying much attention to it. But if you don't preach that, you're not preaching the whole council. Amen. Amen. That's what Paul did. I believe Paul preached the whole council of God. Amen. That's a lot of preaching, too, by the way. So let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter number 2. And we'll take off again and then we'll bring you up to where we are. And uh, then we'll come back to it later. And uh, go, we'll go. I'm going to try to work on a little bit of what I did last week. I didn't finish that, and I'm going to let, let you slide with it if you'll study it. A lot of studying in what I did, but I'm going to point out tonight a little bit about it and go to another thought, and I'll kind of sum you up so we know where it's at. The Bible said in First Timothy, "I exhort, therefore, that first of all." supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. And it got, it's got some more that's going down through there that, you, that you're to exhort. Now, I will not preach that tonight, but I'm just going to use that word, I exhort, or the word exhort mentions 16 times in the New Testament. I remember remind you that Peter preached it, uh, a couple of references of him. Jude preached exhort, and Paul did the other uh, three. Uh, the, those three take it off of the 16, 13 times. Amen. Paul was a preacher, he was an exhorter. Amen. I don't believe nothing survived under Paul that didn't get told. I believe he wiggled, he preached it. I believe the Holy Spirit directed him to do it. And I believe that's why Paul has more of the books in the New Testament than any other preacher. And he pinned down. Paul had certain places of churches. Matter of fact, he preached to the church more than anybody else in the New Testament. You remember the disciples were with Jesus. They become the apostles. And they've done a lot of preaching in the book of Acts. All of them did. Some of them you don't hear too much about. But when Paul come on the scene after the ninth chapter of the book of Acts, son, he let it go. And uh, finished up the word of God after John. Well, John was later and finished it. But him and uh, John worked together to get the Bible finished. And we praise God for it. Now, I want us to ask the Lord to help us tonight. Father, give us wisdom and understanding. 
Help us to lift and exalt and exhort. I pray tonight, Father, that you'd help us to be uh, open-minded. And Lord, we'd receive the word of God. We'll give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Jot these down. These we've already gone through. Uh, We said in Acts chapter number 2 and verse number 40 that Paul, not Paul, but Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. 3,000 souls are saved, and that sermon was trying to get the people who were lost saved. I believe that's what our job is tonight, to try to get the lost saved. And we preach salvation by the grace of God. I wouldn't give you two cents for a preacher who wouldn't preach the gospel. Amen. You don't preach the gospel, you ain't got nothing to preach anyhow. So he would... Uh, He preached, and I believe we need to preach uh, salvation to men and women. Years ago, people told me, said, Preacher, you don't preach on salvation enough. Well, I don't understand. Uh, I preach it about every... I try my best to get salvation in every message. Amen. Somehow I'm going to mention Jesus Christ birthing you into the family of God. You getting your heart and life right with God. Am I right? I believe I preach salvation here. Amen. And uh, this morning was a, a type of salvation. What did I preach on? The Great Commission. I don't hear too many preachers preach on it. Amen. But we need to get, get the gospel out. Try to get people saved. And uh, so I just wanted to look at this. When I saw it the other day, I was amazed. He said, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, Intercession given of thanks be made for all men. And so I said the first one was in Acts chapter 2 and verse 40 uh, to exhort so that we can get the lost saved. In Acts chapter number 27 and verse 22, the second one's mentioned. And we need to exhort, amen, that we might be of good cheer. There's a time we need to exhort to encourage Every preacher has to encourage the flock sometimes. Sometimes you come in here down and out. Your tongue and dragging the floor. And you can't seem to get nowhere. you got to exhort and try to challenge and strengthen. And Paul told him, hey, the ship is going to be torn all to pieces, but everybody, everybody, everybody's life is going to be saved. Then the third time we find it, he's in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 5. Paul is uh, preaching to the brethren and he's exhorting them to give. I hear preachers or people say, I don't like going to hear him preach. He preached on giving. I don't do that all the time, but sometimes I do. Amen. And if you don't preach it, you're not preaching the whole counsel of God. Amen. Praise God. And then last week we was on 1 Thessalonians 5, 14. And Paul was preaching to the brethren, which is the church. And he said to warn the unruly. We're going to look at that a little bit tonight. And then we're going to move into the next one. So if you take your Bible and turn into 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 14. I want to point this out to you and then I'm going to go on to the next one. Because I could stay here in chapter 5 and verses 14 down through 22. And we wouldn't get out of here a long time. In a long time. 
The Bible said in verse 14, Now we exhort you, brethren, he's preaching to the church again, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded. We touched a little bit on that. We didn't preach it a whole lot, but we preached some of it. Support the weak, be patient toward all men. Then here's the added to it that I want you to study it a little bit and try to see what you can dig out of it and hip yourself. See that none render evil for evil unto any man. Any man. Amen. See that none render evil. That takes care of all of us. And so what we need to do is not to render evil, not getting back at somebody. Amen. I see so much of that. It's pitiful. But ever, he said, follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Verse 16, two little simple words, rejoice evermore. Amen. That means constantly rejoicing. You're not down in the mouth. Amen. Don't act like your mother-in-law's moved in and never going to leave. But you rejoice evermore. Verse 17, pray without ceasing. Always have an attitude of prayer, constantly seeking the face of God. Amen. Verse 18, in everything, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Verse 19, quench not the spirit. That means don't hinder the spirit of God. Amen. And don't disobey the spirit of God. That means you let God through the Spirit have free right away in your heart in everything. If the Lord uh, Jesus through the Spirit tells you to say amen, you say amen and you quenched it. That means if you, uh, as the Lord speaks to you and tells you to tell somebody about Jesus, amen. If you don't do it, you, you uh, quench the Spirit. Amen. He don't like to be quenched. Verse 20 said, despise not prophesying, prophesying, which means preaching in, in this modern day. Verse 21, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. And then in verse 22, he said, abstain from all appearance of evil. That's a lot of preaching right there if we took it. Now, I want to give you another one tonight, and we're going to find that Paul is going to preach now uh, to somebody else in 2 Thessalonians. We move to the 2 Thessalonians and we'll go to chapter number 3. And I'll tell you where we want to start reading uh, tonight. In uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. And uh, we want to read, let's see where I want to start. Well, let's go down to, let's see, verse number uh, 7. We'll read on down because it's down in verse number 12 that I want to get the word exhort. For yourselves know how you ought to follow us. For we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. Now I want you to point out and see how many times we find this word disorderly in there. In verse number 6 you'll find, Now we command you brethren. Again he's preaching to the church. When he's talking about brethren he's talking to the church people. The born again. Amen. You can't call the lost brothers. Sometimes we may accidentally. Amen. I've, I've went out in the world to, uh, in business and whatever I'm doing and, and I see somebody and they don't go to church. They're not, as far as I know, not saved. And I say, hey, brother, how you doing? Well, that's a mistake. I catch myself saying that sometimes and I have to watch. Don't call the world brothers. 
They're not saved by the grace of God. They're not your brother. Maybe brother in the flesh, but they can't be brother in Christ. Now in verse number 6, now, there, uh, now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly. Now he's not even talking about lost people. He's talking about brothers in Christ. And he says if there's somebody in the church that's walking disorderly and not after the tradition which he received of us, he says not to walk with them. Ain't that what he says? Amen. You can't hobnob with people in the churches that's living in sin, talking about the preacher and Amen. Not honoring the word of God. Can't call them brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen. They're out of the will of God if they are born again. So we got to look at that. Verse 7. There it is again. For yourselves know how ye ought to follow us. For we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. Paul said we hadn't walked disorderly. We tried to walk straight. What's walking disorderly? Out of the realm of the word of God. You said, preacher, I ain't never walked disorderly. Amen. Don't, don't holler too much tonight. I can bust holes in that real quick. Everybody in here has walked disorderly from some time or another. Amen. You didn't get, go out and get drunk and you didn't do a lot of other things. But there's sometimes we disobeyed the word of God, walked away from it. Then we have walked disorderly. I put myself in that category. Thank God tonight as far as I know I'm walking orderly. And not disorderly tonight, but I have walked disorderly. Verse number 8 said, Neither did we eat any man's bread for naught or for nothing, but wrought with labor and travail night and day, that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Paul said, We didn't, we didn't take from you. Uh, we, we labored and we travailed, amen, that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Paul said, I built tents, I worked, and tried to do what I could for myself. And Paul, I believe, I believe he is honorable. I believe they took care of him, but there's times that Paul was not going to be chargeable to the people of God. Amen. He wasn't going to take advantage of them. Verse 9, not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an end sample unto you to follow us. That word in sample is an example. What's what God's men ought to do and what God's people ought to do. But now look at verse number 10. He said, For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. What would Paul preach tonight when nobody works? <laughs> Amen. Ain't that something? They didn't have welfare back yonder. And you know if a church is living where it ought to be, getting people right with God, taught people in the church to live right, there would be no such thing in need for welfare. Now you won't agree with me on some of that, I'll guarantee you. Brother, you won't have to have an outside help. Well, listen, we're living in a society tonight that it thinks that the government has a right and an opportunity and a, a privilege and then on top of that, a responsibility to make sure we got food on the table. Now you're trusting the government for more than 
You're trusting God. Amen. I don't trust the government. I trust God. I ain't looking for where I get my food this week. I trust God. Never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Amen. Amen. I believe God will put the angels on half rations for his stars me to death. Say amen right there. You said preacher? Yeah, I will. I'll say it again if I have to. Look at verse 11. He said, neither should he eat. If he's not going to work, he shouldn't eat. Amen. My daddy taught me to work. Taught my brothers uh, how to work. (laughs) And they work. I taught my boys to work. Amen. You said, what about your daughter? I didn't teach her to work. I told her to get right with God. Good thing she don't work much no how, but amen. Amen, I don't worry about the women that don't work. I taught her to, and told her, you, marry you somebody that's got money and will take care of you. She failed. Amen. On that part, she's a good girl. Amen. I'm going to brag about her a little bit, but I'm going to tell the facts. But I raise my boys to work, and they don't work as much as I like for them to work now. But it's, they got cushy jobs now, but that ain't, that ain't the best. Amen. I still like to see them wipe up sweat every once in a while. Yeah. Amen. Verse 11 said, For we hear that there are some which walk among you, now listen to this, disorderly. That's the third time you've seen this in this passage of Scripture, isn't it? Working not at all, but are busybodies. Amen. I say you ought to get you a job. That's what I tell these telemarketers. You ought to quit what you're doing, quit scamming people, get right with God, and start working for a living. Then they'd get out of my business. They wouldn't be trying to tell me I need this and need that. The lady called me yesterday on Saturday. Matter of fact, I had one today. And they hung up on me before I got to tell them that this is the Lord's day and they ought to give their heart to God at least one day a week and leave everybody alone. I didn't think they were supposed to do it on Sunday, but they did today. Amen. And I don't know where this is from. Can't tell their supervisor. But it says they were busybodies, working not at all. Verse 12, now them that are such, we command and exhort. There's that word. There it is. There it is. I've been reading all this to show you this there. In other words, he said, exhort and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. Make their own livings. Amen. Now them that are such as we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. You know when they're working? They're not busybodies. Churches don't need busybodies. You know what a busybody is? Somebody's in other men's matters. Nosy. Amen. Of course, some of you didn't, didn't get it busy. Your nose wouldn't be long enough to hold your glasses up. But I'm telling you. 
We have busy bodies. Where'd you go today? What'd you do today? When we gonna do this? Why didn't you do that? Amen. Busy bodies. If you get busy enough, you ain't gonna have time. Uh, amen. You'll be busy working and not trying to do nobody in. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed. Hadn't I already come down through there and talked about you? You don't hobnob with that crowd. Amen. You don't run around with it. They'll rub off on you. You get around a busy body and that busy body will be all over you. You'll be all over them. And now you've got two busy bodies and they'll multiply to four. They'll multiply to six. And after a while you've got a church full of busy bodies. Yeah. Well, that went over good. <laughs> amen. I'm going to have to get me some amen People to sit on the front row and amen me. Amen. All right, let's go to First Timothy chapter number two and verse number one. We're going on through the Bible. First Timothy chapter two and verse one. That is our text, isn't it? He says this. I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, and I'm going to hold this to the end. We're going to talk about supplications and prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. Because he's talking to the church here. This is something we, we need. We need this at Bible Way Baptist Church. Amen. So I want you to hold that and mark it. We're going to come back to it. Let's go to chapter 6 of 1 Timothy. Chapter 6 and verse number 2. He says, And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them. That'd be a boss man in your condition or case. Because they are brethren, but rather do them service, because they are faithful and beloved partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. To go back and find out what it means, it actually talks about masters and servants. Verse 1, Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and His doctrine be not blasphemed. God don't want you to blaspheme the master and any master, whatever you might have, because you're a servant. Everybody in the church can't be a master. Everybody in the church can't be the top servant. You know what a servant is? He's one that is willing and subject to the master. That's regardless of who it is, or if it's a boss man or a public figure or somebody. You go on a public job. And you ask, I know I've been as a supervisor before. And I'd say, I want you to do this. And you know what they say to me? That's not my job description. Yeah. I'll tell you what my daddy told me. When I was a boy, he said, when you go get yourself, yourself a job, 
Whatever they tell you to do, you do it and do it to the best of your ability. He said if it's, daddy was a military man, uh, it didn't rub off on him to make us live like that. But he said, I tell you, when I was in the army, I hated the train order. I didn't know what that was. You clean the bathrooms. And he said, if they ask you to clean the toilets, he said, you just clean them and clean them good. And I'd say, Daddy? And he said, don't say, don't say Daddy to me. I want you to do well. So you ask somebody to do something that's not in your job description, they'll tell you it's not their job. But do you know what? My daddy taught me if I had a job... They were my master for the day. And if it didn't coincide or didn't, or didn't contradict the word of God, I was to do it. And I stayed with that. God gives me jobs sometimes, Brother Burl, that I don't like. And I don't argue with him. Amen. He gives me sermons sometimes that I don't want to preach. You said, I can't believe that. Believe it. Yeah. One of them tonight, amen, I don't like this kind of preaching. You said, well, you do a lot of it. That's all right. You want me to tell you how to change that? Turn the cat around and start gurying with it and I won't have nothing to preach. <laughs> That'll solve that problem for you. Amen. So I'm reading this tonight, and he says what you want to do, and he said, I want you to, I want to exhort these things. Now, he's going to tell you some more things in chapter 6, verse number 3. He said, if any man teach otherwise and consent not to hold some words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which is according to godly, godliness, he's proud. Don't God teach us to preach against pride? Knowing nothing but doting about questions and strives or words whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings. Woo, them's big words. Matter of fact, they're so big you don't know what they are. I'm sure you don't have 15 definitions of them words sitting right there where you are. How do you know you do them? Verse Fine. Well, you got to have a preacher to preach it. Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness from such withdraw thyself. Paul said you leave all that stuff alone. You don't know what it is, so you don't know what you have to do to leave it alone. Yeah. Amen. You now have best friends in your church Live like the devil himself. And everybody pat them on the back and think how good they are. And that's what God's telling you here to leave alone. Paul is. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and it's certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. Why are so many people in God's house... 
gripe and grumble. I ain't got this and I ain't got that. And God ain't give me this. God ain't give me that. And they whine and whine and whine. Remind me of the Israelites murmured and griped and complained. Made Moses want to pull his hair out and quit. Upset God. God give them manna for 40 years. They got out there and said, we get tired of this manna. God give you the best in life and you don't like it. We're no different than the Israelites. And they said, we'd like to have meat every once in a while. And they kept on arguing with God and telling God that. Next thing you know, here come quail in. Quail in the morning, evening, they had quail. And they'd eat so much quail that they didn't even want quail. And they got to griping about that. Could get, can God please you? I say this tonight, can God please me? Seems it's hard, didn't it? We want changes. We want changes. Amen. Praise God. They wore the same shoes all. I'm sure the ladies got all upset about What about wearing the same shoes for 40 years? You wouldn't like that, would you, ladies? I say they made them good back yonder. Clothes. They didn't wear their clothes out in 40 years. You said it made out of some good stuff. No, had a good God taking care of it. Somebody said... Clothes won't last 40 years. It will if God puts them on you. Shoes won't last that long. It will if God's in it. Some of you done got tired of your salvation. It's kind of wore out on you. You quit shouting about it. You used to praise God for it. Now you don't. Hallelujah. But they... That will be rich, fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful. Lo- Go home and read this chapter, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil. I wish I had a million dollars. I hear that. How many times you heard that in your life? Forget it. You asking God for a million dollars? You think you're worth that much? Well, what are you asking him for? Amen. Which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. I know some that was raised like I was, poor, climbed up in the ladder of success, and then they followed, uh, fall, f- fell away from God and went to the big churches. I know some that's raised their children in the big churches. They lost their children in the big churches. I come up to church this morning right down here. I'd have to show you, but there's a house right down here that I used to knock on the door from this church quite often. And I gave them some literature and I gave them a tape player and I gave them cassettes. I used to do that all over the country. And I'd furnish them. I'd say, if you'll listen to the preaching at the church, I'll bring you a cassette player. And I'll bring you messages every week. And I did. I carried, had a, a big route that we did every week. Every Mondays, I carried their sermons to them. Pick up the old tapes so I could record back over the top of them. Stopped up here one day. 
up north of here and a lady come to the door and I said, let me give you a new tape. This. She said, preacher, I don't want that no more. She said, I've got two televisions and a radio. And she said, uh, I just get all I need off of that. You can take all your tapes back with you. And I said, all right, ma'am. And she said, here, give me the, I give her the tape player. But she, uh, she come to the door with it and she said, here, just take that thing with you too. And I, I figured, I, now she wasn't at the church, so I didn't figure there's anything I rubbed her wrong on. She just heard something she didn't like. I remember that down here I stopped and talked to some a fella. I'd go in and I'd been working with his daddy. His daddy was kind of hateful. Never could talk to him about the Lord. But I tried talking to his son. He had a couple little kids. And I talked to him down here and he said, Preacher, he listened to one or two of them and he said, Preacher, I've got two uh, too many channels open that I can get the gospel. You don't have to bring this to me. And I said, well, I don't mind bringing it. He said, well, don't bring me no more. Found out, you know, his daddy didn't go to church. He didn't go to church. I come by there this morning. It looked like his son that I used to see, but I couldn't figure it out. He, he's older, had a beard, and he's out cranking up the weed eater this morning oh you must have seen it too cranking up the weed eater this morning to cut the weeds around his daddy's place his daddy died and I said Lord I tried to get that family in the house of God you know what I did I didn't go back you tell me you don't want me that's fine you tell me you don't want to hear what I got to say, that's fine. That's your business. The Lord won't even poke Himself down on you. He won't force Himself in your life. He'll send you a preacher and a Bible and the truth. And if you don't want the truth, the Lord says, that's all right. You don't have to have the truth. But judgment's hard on those. Are you with me? He says that they've erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. What's God say? Leave that crowd alone if they're not going to serve me. Leave that crowd alone if they don't want me. Just line up with the Word of God. Get in the groove and stay with God till you draw your life's breath. That's what God says to me and you. Don't get upset. Troy's been teaching out of Psalm 37, fret not because of evildoers. You're not to get upset because people want to cuss and swear and drink and run around and commit fornication and adultery and all that and smoke dope, amen, and all that. 
And the other message I'm working on is coming in from the other angle. And I'm going to get that preached pretty soon. This nation's in a mess. And I want to tell you, it's getting in a worse mess. And things are going to happen down the road. I preached a lot of it. I don't preach as much of it now because people don't want to hear it. You can get yourself in hot water preaching the Word of God. Preachers that preach will not be well thought of. And the Bible said if they get to well thinking of me, there's something wrong with me. I'd have to compromise with the world to get them to love me. And she got to the fact today that most church folks don't think too highly of one that will preach. Brother Burl, I believe I've been born about a hundred years out of date. Back on a preaching with Billy Sunday, I might have got a recognition a little. Because they thought he is tough and they'd have thought I was a liberal. Come on! I ain't lying. I'm telling it like it is. You get to see here and people say, that's a tough preacher. He's a hard preacher. I'll guarantee you 50 years ago they'd called us liberals. Compromisers. Somebody said, I don't like him. He preaches too hard. You know what? I've never heard a preacher in my life that preaches too hard for me if it's out of this book. I've had the blood just about cut out of me by preachers preaching with the power of God on them. Blood didn't run, but I sure got some lashings. And I was uncomfortable and I had to get right with God. In this modern day, people don't want to hear strong preaching. If they do, they want to think there's something wrong with the preacher. But years ago, in my younger days, when you heard strong preaching, you wanted to go to the altar. Confess it and ask God to change your life. Now the church wants God to change His. All right. Amen. I like it when it goes over like that. I know I've done something. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 2. 2 Timothy 4 and verse number 2. And he says, Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. And he tells you why, because they're not going to hear it one of these days. They don't want it. And God wants us to preach to the preacher.
Paul's preaching to Timothy here. Preachers preach to me. I hear more sermons than you do. I get preached to more than you do. In my quiet times at the house when I'm listening to preachers and you're not there and you don't know the preachers and their skin and hides and it's mine. God trims my hide. He gets me where He wants me to be so I can come and talk to you. So the preachers preach to the preachers. That's what they have in the Jubilees and those things. I don't like the way they do some things in this modern day. I don't like all the fellowships that they have. Used to I'd go to fellowship meetings and they would call preachers from the floor. And now it's kind of got somebody that's going to be doing that. And You know, you give people a chance to preach. It would never get preached. Now they're scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. I'll preach for you, but you've got to get me to come preach for you. So on and so forth and goes to that. But preachers go to these meetings and they hear preachers preach and they get a, a, a thought of the scriptures that they haven't seen before. Did you know there's a lot that I haven't seen before? Did you know that? Did you know I ain't even preached that much of the Bible? I've just scratched a little surface. I used to say if I preach a, to be a hundred years old, I'll never get it all told. Well, I heard something different this morning. The preacher was on the radio and he said, if I live to be 300, I'll never get it all told. He got me beat. Amen. And he is preaching pretty strong right then. Are you with me? I don't believe we need anything. We don't need nothing out of the Sears and Roebuck catalog. We don't need nothing out of the Sears, out of the, out of the, out of the periodicals that come into our house. We just need the preaching of the Word of God. We can throw everything else away. Used to, I want to know what Dr. Bottle Stopper said until a few of them didn't tell me right. And I don't want to hear none of them. In other words, I wouldn't go to the pulpit if I hadn't done read the same scripture three or four times out of three or four different commentaries. Till I found out one day that my Bible was the best commentary that I had on the Bible. Took me a long time, Brother Burrow, to figure that out. And now here I am, as old as I am, trying to figure out what in the world am I going to do with all them good books that's on my shelf. I've got a lot of good books. Told my boys to get all they wanted the other, other day. And, that, and of course, I ain't laid them out for them to get yet. But hey, they got a lot of reading to do if they even catch up. But I would say to them, get you a King James Bible and read the commentaries and it'll shed light on your commentators. You know why people take this? Did you read that about the, they want They want all kinds of literature. We print it down here. And the reason we print it is because we want to help everybody the best we can. But I don't just want to send out anything. I want the truth sent out. 
And somebody said, I read a book the other day. It sure was informative. Well, did you compare it with the Scriptures? One of the doctors, the great doctors, I'm talking about a religion, doctors, doctors of all these, you know, for the Baptists and different ones and all that. They said, oh, so-and-so wrote a book. I've got to get that book. And uh, they get it. And if, you know, I can tell you the same thing from this pulpit right here. But if Dr. Jawbone down yonder in Atlanta writes a book about that thick and charges you $35, and he says it one time in there, it's the gospel. And I can preach it a hundred times and you just look at me. You understand what I'm saying? That's why we're living in our society. We want people with expertise. We, we want the doctors and the lawyers. Amen. Most folks have been happy with the Pharisees and the Sadducees because many of us act like them. Well, I wasn't thinking of anybody in here like that, but you might be. I'm going to shut her down. It's been mighty quiet tonight. Let me rattle some chains in your life. I pray that God help us. We're living in the last days, and brother, if there's ever been a time that God's people need to get shook up on the gospel and the word of God, it's now. Amen. It's high time we opened our eyes and quit sleeping, and it's high time we started standing and doing. Amen. I said I was going to quit, but I am. Eventually. I love you people. That's why I like to tell you the truth. I don't want to lie to you. I don't want to stand before the judgment bar of God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ say to me, how come you didn't tell them what I told you to tell them? And I don't want you to stand there and say, he didn't tell me. You think that'll happen? Be a lot of people do it. I don't believe in arguing with God. I don't argue with Him. I question Him sometimes. I tell Him what I think sometimes, and I don't, I'm not, I don't get mean with that either. I say, Lord, I don't understand what you want, but I'll do what you want done. And He seems every time to... It just, just beats me. It seems every time he knows how to do it, the way it needs to be done, when it needs to be done. I'm amazed that he's so smart. Sometimes I tell the Lord, how come I didn't think of that? Sometimes I hear preachers preach and I say, where'd they get that? And then I read in there or two and I find out where they got it. Amen. And I say, Lord, 
how'd you get so smart? Found out he ain't even been to school. Amen. He just created the universe. I guess when you make it all, you know when it's made. He knows how much water we need in the ocean to keep enough water in a well. He knows the seasons and he knows what we need in the seasons. He knows the weather. It's been hot today, going to be hotter this week. But God knows what all that means. I'm glad I don't run the climate. I'm glad I don't run the weather. And I wish the men is trying to get out of it. How many of you had great crops of tomatoes this year? This has been a bag of deer for tomatoes, really. I've had a lot to tell me this. Rotten, different. I set out four tomato plants and the deers eat them up. I set out four more. I put them in a different place and they survived, but they're about this tall and there is not one bloom on them. Not one bloom. Anybody else got that problem? I mean, there's not even more blooms on them. And I found out this a long time ago, you don't have no blooms, you don't have no tomatoes. Two different places. One of them has been where I know they got plenty of water and fertilizer, put them in the best ground I got. They raised tomatoes there before, but they won't do it this year. And I think they're putting so much in the atmosphere. Now this is Dillsology. All the rest of it I said tonight's not, but it is here. Let's bow our heads.